the book, by the way. That was great. Wasn't that a good song? That was wonderful. That was a blessing. Thank you all very, very much. The music's been wonderful today. Y'all have sang well today. The congregation really sang out. It's been awesome. Been great. Acts chapter 1 in our Bibles tonight. I want you to, uh, if you're able, once you find your place, let's stand tonight out of respect for the reading of the Word of God. I don't think we're going to be long tonight. I'm going to, I'll just go ahead and give you an idea of what's going on. So this message has four points at the first, four points at the last. And so you say, wow, eight points. Should I have brought my calendar instead of my watch tonight? And the answer is no. You know, somebody says, uh, uh, one guy got up, you know, while the service was going on, was going out, and the preacher said, man, where are you going? He said, I'm going to get a haircut. He said, why didn't you do that before you came? He said, I didn't need one when I came. And so <clears throat> we're not going to be long tonight. Uh, once we get past these first four points, really just some statements that I want to try to give you as we close tonight, but so, so important. Honestly, church, we were heading a different direction today, and the Spirit of God uh, redirected us, and so I feel like beyond a shadow of a doubt, God, God has today, God has these messages for someone. I know He has them for me. Acts chapter 1 in our Bibles, and look, if you will, please, at verse number 15, and we'll read down through verse number 26. The Bible says, and in those days... Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of the names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst. And all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in, the proper, in their proper tongue, Asodama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Wherefore of these men, which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, Beginning from the baptism of John under that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection? And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. You may be seated tonight, and I want to talk to you a little bit about Judas tonight, and specifically waving the white flag of surrender. And Maybe I should have titled this, Refusing to Wave the White Flag of Surrender. Now, if God the Holy Spirit comes to you and asks you to do something or asks you to make a change, may I encourage us to wave the white flag of surrender all to Jesus. I surrender all to him. I freely give. But if Satan comes your way and Satan encourages you or as we said this morning, tempts you to do something, 
Can I just encourage us? And that's really what this whole message is going to be about tonight. Can I just encourage us never to surrender, never to wave the white flag? And so we're going to just give, just, just give a token prayer, and then we'll jump right into the Bible study tonight. And hold your Bibles open because we're going to use our Bibles considerably tonight. And so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time and we'll jump right into the message. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be back at Calvary. It's been a wonderful day. It's hard to believe that here we are at the, at the end of Sunday night and we'll never get this service back. So Lord, I pray that we'll, we'll, we'll get the good out of it. I pray that, uh, Lord, that we'll uh, come tonight expecting and anticipating. And Lord, I understand not everybody's going to take home every statement, every point. Uh, but Lord, maybe just one thought, maybe one just, just one idea, maybe just one illustration would make its way into someone's heart and mind. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that that truth would transform them forever. Heavenly Father, please save that one that's nearest hell. And I pray that you'll encourage that child of God that may be discouraged tonight. And God, how I pray that you'll work through the live stream, save the lost, encourage the saved. And we pray, Lord, that you'd breathe upon us tonight and manifest your precious Holy Spirit here tonight. And I pray that Jesus will receive praise and honor and glory from all that's done. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake and all God's people said, amen, amen. Not only tonight, not only was Judas tempted of the devil, we talked about that this morning. Not only was Judas tempted of the devil, but I believe tonight, and I believe that God showed me something I had never seen ever before. And I'm so thankful this book is so fresh every day. It is like fresh bread from heaven. And you can read a scripture 10 million times and then go back and read it 10 million times in one. And the Lord will give you a truth that will really transform your, your thoughts. Judas not only was tempted of the devil, but I believe that he had totally surrendered to the will of Satan. I believe that Judas literally had waved the white flag. Now notice this. He not only accepted the blood money from the religious leaders to deny the Lord or to sell Jesus out. By the way, something that he could have undone. Something that he did try to undo according to Matthew chapter 27 and verse number three. But I want you to understand something. This wasn't simply a bad thought in Judas's mind. It wasn't something that he had just simply considered doing. But I want you to understand, Calvary, that Judas had taken the next step and he purchased land with this blood money. Why have I never noticed that? Look back at Acts chapter 1 and verse number 18. Our Bible tells us here that Judas not only took that or received that, those 30 pieces of silver, but Acts chapter 1 verse number 18 says, now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. For Judas, I believe at this point, Acts chapter 1 verse number 18, for Judas there was no turning back. I really believe that this was what we would call the coup de grace, the final blow. I believe that when Judas not only accepted this blood money from these religious leaders to sell Jesus out, but then he took it and actually purchased some land with it, 
I believe in essence it was Judas signing on the dotted line. I believe it was Judas deciding to go all in. I believe that at this point Judas Iscariot had let his guard completely down. The devil had bothered him and bothered him and tempted him and tempted him. And I really believe at this point that Judas finally just waved the white flag and he just gave in to Satan. As I was reading this scripture this week, I noticed because of his surrender to the devil, there were several things that took place. I'll put a few of these up on your screen tonight. How about this? Number one, we noticed that when Judas waved the white flag, first of all, we see here that it revealed his true nature. Look at, look at Acts chapter one, verse 18. The Bible says, now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, that blood money, that, those 30 pieces of silver, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. Look at verse number 19. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, Asodama, that is to say the field of blood. What's the Bible saying here? That after this move, everybody knew what Judas was all about. It was all over town. You know what they figured out? When Judas not only took this blood money from the religious leaders, but he actually purchased property with it, you know what? Everybody knew at that point Judas was a fake. They knew he was a turncoat. They knew that he was just going through the motions. They knew that Judas really did not care anything about the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, understand, it revealed his true nature. By the way, the devil will tell you and I that no one will ever know. He'll say, man, just do it. Nobody will be the wiser. Nobody ever has to find out. Your mom and dad will never find out. Your preacher will never find out. By the way, can I just say once again, one of these days you're not gonna stand before your mom and dad, nor are you gonna stand before your preacher. Don't be so concerned, and I, I appreciate your loyalty, but don't be so concerned about, about disappointing your preacher as you are about disappointing your Savior. Your preacher loves you, but I didn't die for you. I didn't shed my blood for you. I didn't pay hell for you, but Jesus Christ did. And one of these days we'll stand before the Lord with the things that we do. But the devil comes and the devil says, listen, you can do this thing and you can get totally away with it and no one will ever know. But understand that sin has a way of always coming out. Numbers 32, 23. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. Church, listen to me. You can hide it, but it's gonna come out. If you don't repent, if you don't get right with God, I'm just telling you, it's just the, 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 the way things work out. If you continue in that sinful direction, if you continue yielding to the devil, waving the white flag of surrender to the devil, uh, he'll tell you that, you know what, no one will ever know. Your wife will never know of your dealings. Your husband will never know that you're messing around. Your parents will never know that you're smoking dope. You're, you know what, no one will ever know. It'll never come out into the community. It'll never come out in the church, but I'm telling you, as I said this morning, the devil is a liar and you can understand and you can, you, you can be assured that it will be revealed. It revealed his true nature. Number two, how about this? We notice it removed him from the ministry. 
Now again, look back at Acts chapter one, verse number 20. Very interesting. The Bible says, for it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric let another take. God's calling is the highest calling in the land. But here's the thing. It removed Judas from that lofty work. Again, simple, simple thoughts tonight. How many times in 29 years have we seen people come to Calvary Baptist Church and literally get on fire for God? Man, we've seen them come in and get saved and, man, just fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with the Bible and, man, just doing great. I'm talking about, I'm talking about uh, Sunday school teachers. I'm talking about bus workers. I'm talking about nursing home workers. I'm talking about choir members. And, man, they got in here and they were doing a, uh, doing a great work for the Lord, but the devil came along and he lied to them. He threw them a, a, a curveball and they swung at it. And uh, you know what? Before they knew it, they were out of the will of God. They were messing around with things they shouldn't be messing around with. And you know what? Before they knew what happened, it took them literally out of the ministry. You know what, Calvary? That ought to scare us. My preacher used to call it being placed on a shelf. Still, Still alive, not dead, but no longer being used of God. No longer hearing from the Lord. No longer feeling his touch. Have you ever done this? Have you ever took an item and you thought, you know what, I really ought to get rid of this? But maybe it was nostalgic or, you know, maybe it brought back some type of a memory or something. And you thought, well, I'm not going to throw it away. I'm just going to put it on the shelf. And you set that item up on the shelf. And really all it did was it just collected dust. You had to dust it constantly. You never did anything with it. You never showed it to anybody. It just sat on the shelf and it just collected dust. Now listen to me, church. Did you know that our churches are full of people that have been placed on a shelf because of sin and unrighteousness and unholiness and they've waved the white flag of surrender to the devil and because of that, you know what? The Spirit of God convicted them and convicted them and they turned a deaf ear to the Holy Ghost of God and finally God took them, didn't kill them, but God took them and he placed them on a shelf and there they are today, no longer being used, no longer being filled with the Holy Spirit, no longer being touched by God and I don't know about you, but that thought scares me to death. I don't want to rust out, bless God. God, I want to wear out. Amen. I want God to use me until the day that Jesus comes again. And all listen to me. I don't know about you tonight, my dear friend, but I want to make sure by the grace of God that when Jesus comes again, that we're found faithful. I not only want to start well, man, I want to finish well. Interesting. We noticed that Judas' sin we noticed that it revealed his true nature. It removed him from the ministry. But watch this. Now, stay with me tonight. Number three, we notice it reminded him of his terrible mistake. Look back at Acts chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says, now this man, and before we go on, I'm just, I want you to understand, I hope you're following me tonight, but I want you to understand that as we read the rest of that verse, everything's getting ready to change. Now this man, he not only took the money, he could have kept that secret, but now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. This is important because now there is physical evidence of what Judas has done. 
There is this field that is a constant reminder of a sin, a marker, if you will, really a gravestone, really what we ought to call it, a symbol of his mistake. You know what? It was that thing that had Judas went on and lived, you know what? It would have been that thing that it would have constantly reminded him, boy, did you foul up. Man, did you make a mistake. I just, I'm of the mind that had Judas lived, I believe that every time he would have visited this field, I believe that it would have reminded him that you denied the Son of God, the darling Son of God. Do you remember what you did? I can't believe that you did that. And that field was a constant reminder of Judas's terrible mistake. Hey, Calvary, let me help us tonight. If you give in to the workings of the devil, and surrender to his temptations, rest assured you're going to be reminded of it the rest of your life. The devil comes to you, hey, young people. The devil comes to teenagers and young people, and he'll say, it's fun. You're going to love it. It's going to be awesome. There's nothing wrong with it. Everybody's doing it. It's 2020. I know that preacher says we shouldn't, but we're not living in the 60s anymore. It's 2020, almost 2021. Everybody's doing it. It's just the culture. It's the trend of the culture. It's the way it goes. It's okay. Uh, listen, everything's all right. Nobody's going to fault you for doing it. It's good. You're going to have a great time. And you know what happens? You fall for it. And you wave the white flag and you do what the devil wants you to do. And guess what happens? The same devil that came and said, everybody's doing it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be exhilarating. You're going to have so much fun. The same devil comes back and says, my, my, my. I cannot believe that you did that. I mean, I knew you were bad. I knew you didn't claim to be the Apostle Paul, but I'm telling you, I never thought you'd stoop that low. You say, preacher, same devil, same exact devil. He'll come back and say, man, you are low. You know what? You're probably not even saved. If you would do something like that, you're probably not even saved. Well, I'll tell you this for sure. You can never go back to church again. I mean, if you've done something like that, if you've talked like that, if you've behaved like that, if you've done those kind of things, I'm just telling you, you can never go back to Calvary Baptist Church. You can never show your face down there. By the way, that is a lie. That is a lie. And that's all he can do is just lie. But I just want you to know that, you know what? When the devil comes and the devil says, nobody's ever going to know, it's great, you're going to have a good time, that same devil will come back and he'll remind you and remind you and remind you. Remember when you did this? Remember when you said this? Remember when you went to this place? Remember when you committed that sin? And that same devil will hound you. He'll be like a monkey on your back. That's why I say, hey, church, don't ever wave the surrender flag to the devil. It revealed his true nature. It removed him from the ministry. It reminded him of his sin. But watch this now. Number next, it rendered him no longer useful. Now look back at your Bibles again, Acts chapter one. It's all here. We're reading some of the same verses, but it's all here. Acts one verse 18. Now this man, what man? Judas. Judas. The man that 
took the 30 pieces of silver, the man that purchased this field. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity. Look what happened. And falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. You say, preacher, is that what it sounds like? It's exactly what it sounds like. The Bible says in Matthew 27, 5, and he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Christian, understand that if you wave the white flag of surrender to the devil, once he gets what he wants, he will throw you away like a piece of trash. Amen. I wish I could preach this like I want to preach it tonight. I'm telling you, listen, the devil comes and he promises, he promises fame and popularity and glitz and glamour. But I'm telling you, once he's got you out there on the street uh, full of drugs and alcohol and prostitution and he's got your life all to shambles and he breaks up your marriage and he breaks up your family and he ruins your life, I'm going to tell you what, when he's finally got what he wants out of you, he will throw you to the side every single time. Then you say, preacher, why do you say that? This is the reason. I said all that to say this, church, we must resist the devil at all cost. Now, I know sometimes he's relentless. Sometimes it seems like the devil just won't leave you alone. He just hounds you and hounds you. Come on, I, I know what I'm talking about tonight. And I, don't expect, I would not expect you to say amen right there. But honestly, all of us could really say a big amen right there. Because he just, how many know this? The devil works overtime. I mean, listen, he's a lot more faithful than the average Baptist. I mean, he doesn't just work on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I'm telling you what, he works on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He works not just eight hours a day. Sometimes he works 12, 15, 24 hours a day. Sometimes he'll work for months. Sometimes he'll work for years. I mean, he just keeps on messing with you and keeps on tempting you and keeps on bothering you. And that may be your testimony tonight. And if it is, your pastor came here tonight to say this, whatever happens, whatever happens, don't wave the white flag to Satan. So let me close by saying a few things. Number one, let me help us tonight. Number one, if you fall, get back up. If you fall, get back up. Don't stay down. Don't give up. Don't give in. Do not surrender. Don't, don't, don't lay down and die Okay, the devil came, the devil tempted, the devil, uh, the devil, uh, you know, threw you a pitch and you swung at it. And now you say, man, preacher, I can't believe I, I can't believe I would do something like that. I'm smarter than that. I know better. I grew up in church. I grew up here in preaching. Preacher, I knew better than that. I can't believe that, that the devil tripped me up. What should I do? Get up. Get up. Don't you stay down. Don't you panic. Don't you get out of the circle. Don't you leave the will of God. Don't you get out of church. Brother, listen, if you fall, get back up. Proverbs chapter 24, verse number 16. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Listen to me, if the devil messed you up and the devil got you down, okay, there's nothing we can do about that. We cannot change your past, but we can do everything about your future. And so, listen to me, you get up and go forward 
and determine that you're going to do something for the Lord. I read an interesting article this week. And I, my first, first job I ever had was on a dairy farm. When I was growing up as a boy, we always had livestock, cows, horses, chickens, pigs. We always had something around the house. And usually we had cattle and a lot of times horses. And I read an article this week that was talking about when a large animal, a horse, a cow, when an animal gets sick like that and they get down, it is very, very vital that you get them up as soon as possible. Because if you don't, it causes irreparable damage. Their bodies are so heavy, and after a while, after that heavy weight has been upon those limbs, it begins to restrict the, the air flow, the, the, the blood flow, and those tissues begin to die. And so because of that, veterinarians say, uh, as soon as that horse can get up, you've got to get him up. You've got to get that cow up. You've got to get him up or it will, will cause irreparable damage. Listen to what your preacher's telling you tonight. If you're here tonight and you got down, get up, get up, get up. Listen, the longer you stay down, hey, those of you who are watching my way of live stream, the longer you stay out of the house of God, the longer you stay out of the will of God, the longer you stay down and don't get up, I'm telling you, it can cause irreparable damage. And how many know there are some Christians who never make it back? Because of this thing right here. The devil messed them up, knocked them down, knocked their legs out from underneath them. And then they got to feeling guilty. And they thought, well, there's no use in going on. And so they just got the white flag out and waved the white flag and stayed down. And it killed them spiritually. So if you fall... Number one, get back up. Number two, if you fail, confess your sin. Now, I'm not giving you a license to sin. Y'all know that. We preach righteousness and holiness here at Calvary Baptist Church. Are you listening to me tonight, young people? But if you fail, confess your sin. By the way, don't wait. Don't wait. If you sin during the day, don't wait till the night to confess your sin. Don't wait until you get home. He said, wow, I shouldn't have had that thought. When I get home, then I'm going to confess it. No, don't wait. As soon as the Spirit of God reveals wrong in your heart, immediately confess it to the Lord. Will you say, preacher, I work on this machine at work, and I can't, I, I, I got that. But, but you know what? How many know I can pray standing tall? I can pray on my knees. I can pray with my eyes open. I can pray with my eyes closed. I can pray with my head up or my head bowed. But if, if the Holy Spirit of God reveals a sin in your life, immediately, immediately go to the Lord and say, Lord, I shouldn't have had that thought. Lord, I shouldn't have said that word. Lord, I shouldn't have looked at that. Lord, that was wrong. I shouldn't have had that pride. I, I shouldn't be carnal like that. And Lord, I want you to forgive Forgive me right now. Forgive me for that sin. Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Now you don't have to turn to it, but you can jot it down. 1 John 1, 9. Very important. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful. And just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. By the way, you may have somebody in your family that doesn't forgive you. That's between them and the Lord. 
But I would remind us tonight, we have a promise of God. And, 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 and you know what? And, and guilt always comes with sin. And so here we are, and we're thinking, I shouldn't have done that. I don't know why I did that. You ever, you ever been like that? Boy, I have. There's been some times in my life, and I thought, man, what in the world? What are you thinking? You know better than that. Why would you do that? Why would you swing at that pitch? Why would you, why would you think a thought? You're, you're a pastor. You're a Christian. Why would you think a thought like that? Why would you say something like that? You know better than that. Listen to me now. I don't care what your sin is. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how, how big you may think it is or how small you think it is. Don't sweep it under the rug, but come to the Lord and confess your sin to the Lord. And God promised, if you'll confess, I'm faithful that I'll forgive you. And not only forgive, but he said, and cleanse from all unrighteousness. You say, Pastor, do you really believe, are you really telling me that God would forgive me for the sins I've committed? That's exactly what I'm telling you. We preach against abortion at Calvary Baptist Church. By the way, we're planning on continuing to preach against abortion. But for any young lady that walks into this auditorium and says, old preacher, I had an abortion. Any help from me? Oh, yeah. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Regardless of what the sin may be. And so if you fail, confess your sin. If you fall, get back up. I don't think that I'm going to say a more important thing than what I'm about to say. So if you hadn't heard any of the message, I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. And I want all the kids to look up, look up here tonight. Number next is this. If you formulate sinful thoughts in your mind, don't allow them to materialize. Everybody listen? Teenagers, y'all with preacher tonight? Don't allow what is only psychological to be expressed physically. Because the battlefield for the child of God is most definitely the mind. The devil loves to put wrong thoughts in your mind. I'll just give you some references. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Romans 1.28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Romans 7.23, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Romans chapter 8, verse number 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 21, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Now listen to me, I'm going somewhere with this. Here's the line that the devil tells you since you thought about it. You might as well do it. You thought about it. Well, since you had the thought, you might as well do it. Because it's just as bad to have the thought as it is to do it. And so since, you are, since you've already thought about it, you might as well do it. Let me tell you something again. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. 
It's exactly why the word of God challenges you and I to renew our mind. Romans chapter 12, verse number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians 4, 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh, Philippians chapter two, verse number five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Be renewed, be renewed, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What's that talking about? Well, Lee Hoots would know what I'm talking about. Michael Ayers would know what I'm talking about. These guys that are contractors, Mike Lester would know what I'm talking about, and others. They know what it means. Somebody says, I want to hire you to do a remodel. I want you to do a remodel. You know what that means? That means come over to my house, and you're going to tear out a bunch of old stuff. Old paneling, old carpet, uh, old, you know, whatever, old bathtub. You're going to tear those things out. But you know what? A remodeler not only tears out the old, oh, yes, but he brings in the new. He brings in carpet that looks so much better. He brings in a bathtub. Oh, it's not that old 1928 model, amen. He, he brings in this beautiful garden tub and it's got jets on the side of it. And, and uh, man, he brings in a new vanity and a new sink and a beautiful mirror. And he takes, out that, uh, takes off that old, uh, that old wallpaper off your, off your wall and he puts new drywall up and he paints and, and plasters and, and all these kind of things and he makes it new. That's exactly what the Word of God is telling us when it says be renewed in the spirit spirit of your mind out with the old and thank God in with the new hey take out the old thoughts take out the old old uh, things of the past and thank God get in this book and and devour this book and let this book saturate your mind and saturate your home and saturate your marriage and let it get in your mind let it get in your mind and saturate your mind why because we're to be renewed in the spirit of our mind every time we go to mom say mom what about this or we come to mom fussing about something. Mom would say, now, honey, the Bible says, Mom, Billy's picking on me. She'd say, now, honey, Jesus said. Man, we'd, we'd, we'd fuss, you know, come to mom fussing about something. She'd say, now, sweetheart, the gospels say. And there were times we'd say, Mom, I don't want to hear what the Bible says. That's all she knew how to say. You know why? It had saturated her mind. She did a remodel program. And you know what? She took out the old, hallelujah, brought in the new. That's what I'm talking about. Young man, has some thoughts you shouldn't have. And the devil comes and says, Phew. number one, I can't believe you'd have a thought like that. You. Supposed to be a Christian. Supposed to be a member at Calvary Baptist Church. Wow. But since you've had the thought, you might as well do it. Church, listen to me. That is nothing more than an attempt of the devil to try to destroy your life and get you out of the will of God. Listen, if you're here tonight and you've had the wrong kind of thought, confess them to the Lord. And then you yield your mind every morning, every morning when you get up, yield your mind to the Holy Spirit 
and say, oh, Holy Spirit, would you fill my mind? Would you control my mind? Isaiah 26, 3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. How about last of all is this. If you feel temptation, keep resisting. Hey, hey, Calvary, don't give in and don't give up. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, but I feel so weak, what should I do? Keep resisting. Keep fighting. If you're here tonight and you feel ashamed, maybe the devil has come and he's got you involved in things you shouldn't be involved in. You say, Preacher, what should I do? I'm so ashamed. What should I do? Keep resisting. <laughs> Keep resisting. James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. 1 Peter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren there in the world. Resist. You know what resist means? Donnie, can I use you for a second? Come on up here just a minute. Resist the devil. What's that mean, preacher? It means exactly what it says. Resist at all costs. Resist. Have you, ever, have you ever seen someone resist arrest? You ever seen that? You ever watch one of these police programs? <laughs> when they used to show them. And by the way, we're very pro-law enforcement at Calvary Baptist Church, just so you know. And, but you see these guys resisting arrest. Let's just pretend that Brother Donnie's a police officer. And Brother Donnie is getting ready to try to put handcuffs. Now, don't you hurt me, amen? <clears throat> I don't worry about that. He's getting ready to put handcuffs on me. I mean, seriously, let's pretend. You're okay, the police okay. officer. You're a deputy sheriff. I, I've, I've done something that I shouldn't have done it. And you say, sir, you're under arrest. You're under arrest, you, babe. And try to put handcuffs on me. Come on, come on. No. I tell you, I'm going to sweep you. I'm going to take care of you. No. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Amen. Amen. By the way, you're not going to put handcuffs on me, brother. Let me tell you something, church. That's what resist means. Thank you, buddy. You resist him how, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. You say, well, preacher, he's got my, he's got my arm. He's already got my arms behind my back. Resist. Man, resist. I mean, do what you've got to do. Hey, hey, young man that I'm preaching to tonight at Calvary or maybe by way of the live stream and the devil is bothering you and he's got you under that cloud of lust and, and you say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I'm feeling like just waving the white flag. Don't you give in. Don't you surrender. You keep on resisting and keep on resisting. You kick and you claw and you bite and you do what you've got to do. But don't you let the devil take you captive. Resist. Resist. Calvary, don't ever wave the white flag of surrender. We're, we're, regardless of where you are tonight, keep fighting. Keep kicking. Keep going forward. And let God, let God use you. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight. Lord, I just believe that there was someone 
that was maybe teeter-tottering on the edge this weekend. And because of that, you changed this pastor's direction toward the end of the week. Father, speak to the heart of that younger man, older man that's fighting the devil. To that mother, to that wife. And maybe she hasn't told anyone, but the devil has just been on her and doing his best to try to get her stumbled, to try to get her best, or doing his best to try to get her to fall. I'm really burdened tonight, Lord, for our young people. And maybe there's a young person here tonight, they wouldn't tell another soul, but the devil's been on them hot and heavy. Father, tonight I pray that you'd give us some fighters at Calvary some resistors, some people who would say, I'm not only not going to wave the white flag, I'm going to go ahead and burn it. I'm not even going to let it be a possibility. Father, I ask you to work now this invitation. Speak to hearts. And we thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name.